This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk back again with you guys for another episode of our Raw Reaction series and specifically the Arsenal News show. I hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Uh, good morning to everybody joining us in the chat box. Just move this microphone a little bit closer so you can actually hear what I'm saying. Uh, good morning, guys. Good morning, Tony. Good morning, Sarvik, Marcus, Martin, Afsar, Matt G. Good morning, guys, to all of you. Rahil, good morning. Rich Carney, Answer, Paul, uh, GG2 for you, Christopher. Uh, Axel, Exhal, good morning guys, Junior, G Norburn, uh, who else have we got in here, John, James, uh, Stefan, good morning guys, and everybody else that's joining us in the chat box as well, hope you're doing good, apologies if I missed you out, I can't say morning to everybody, I would be here forever, but thank you for joining us, please do if you haven't already dropped a like on the video, please do so and subscribe to the channel if you are new around here with those notifications turned on so you never miss a show. We're going to be going through all of today's news and more throughout the show and uh, we kick off as always by telling you to go and subscribe to the Arsenal Way. We'll be live over there as well at 10am in a couple of hours time breaking down even more Arsenal stuff and of course today is match day so we'll have plenty more for you after tonight's game against Chelsea. Um, yeah, I, Marcus putting out, I love the YouTube delay. One day I'll miss the whole show. Um, there's also a delay at the start of the videos where you probably see me just staring at the camera and that's all StreamYard's fault, not mine. I know it's really awkward, uh, <laughs> to do this. Um, but StreamYard for some reason plays the intro and then cuts out way after it's actually cut out on YouTube. Don't really know why, but it does just the way that it goes. Anyway, yeah, do join us at 10 a.m. Uh, and always enjoy what we've got to bring you with these shows. You can also check out more of the written work that goes on over at Football.London for myself, a piece on how Erling Haaland's Manchester City move 
which is expected to happen now, which is a worrying uh, kind of thought. How that affects Arsenal, uh, a look into what Arteta should be doing with Alexandre Lacazette and Eddie Nketiah, and a piece on how Paulo Dybala would be a good move for Arsenal to make in the summer and what it would mean for players like Darwin Nunez or Victor Ozymen if we was to bring him in to the team. Uh, we kick off, though, with an interview that dropped yesterday on the Beautiful Game podcast was Eddie Nketiah. It is uh, quite amusing that within the space of about three or four days, both of our strikers have conducted interviews. Uh, obviously, the interview with Eddie Nketiah was conducted last week before the Southampton game and is released today. The timing, again, is, is awful. Uh, really, really, really annoyingly awful and only works to basically destabilize uh the confidence and the i don't want to say the togetherness of the group but just it's just not healthy it really really isn't healthy for arsenal right now yes players can talk about their future yes they can do interviews but there is a choice and whilst i feel that the focus very much right now is on arsenal the conversations aren't and that's a frustration in my view i just wish that they could turn around and basically turn around and say look I'm focused on Arsenal right now I'm focused on doing what I need to do I'm happy to talk about what's happened in the past but in regards to the future the future is Arsenal until I'm not an Arsenal player that is where I'm looking at focusing my mind on but that's not happened and in my view I don't think Arteta should be playing either of Lacazette or Nketiah with these seven games to go because I want players that are fighting for the future of Arsenal Football Club and whilst these players have said that they will give everything they can for the club it's impossible to be 100% committed when you know your commitment to the club will be ending in just a couple of months' time. So I would certainly not be playing either of Enketi or Lacazette in the remaining games of the season. It might be a case of you thinking, I'm cutting my nose off to spite my face, but I'm just thinking about the commitment of the players towards the goals between now and the end of the season, and I would not play either of them um joel lopez uh, has returned to training who is our number one uh, kind of left back in the under 23s he's been out injured for a little bit he returned to training and actually was joining up with the first team squad as well uh, he would be ahead of mazida gungbo in the pecking order and so gungbo has been in the arsenal senior side set up on the bench lopez is considered ahead of him and would most likely replace a gungbo on the arsenal senior bench if he is deemed fully fit and available to return so you may start Start seeing Joe Lopez pop up on the Arsenal bench uh, in the very near future. Takahiro Tomiyasu, though, of course, is the biggest injury story of the day. He returned to first team training yesterday. Mikel Arteta spoke about this in his press conference, wasn't sure whether or not he would be involved in the game tonight. We have seen Tomiyasu return speedily in regards to making a single training session and then being in the squad the following day. It happened against Manchester City early on this season, and he played pretty darn well in that game as well. However, it also happened against Liverpool, and he stressed the injury and made it worse and that's why we are in the situation that we are today without him. So I would probably not use him in tonight's game. I would rest him. I would continue to get him building up that kind of fitness and muscle and I would be looking to get him into the team against Manchester United who got absolutely ruined by Liverpool last night. It was an awful, awful performance for Manchester United. Very few times did they look any kind of threatening. No shots in the first half, two shots in the second half. Liverpool controlled the game and dominated it from start to finish. It was an easy victory. And hopefully, we see a very similar Manchester United at the weekend. On that topic, my thoughts, of course, are with Cristiano Ronaldo and his partner at this very, very difficult time. I can't imagine the pain that they're going through. And, 
yeah, thoughts are with you guys. Um, stay strong. But Tommy Asu, uh, fingers crossed, will be back and available for Arsenal very, very soon. I wouldn't play him tonight, as I say, but I certainly would play him against Man United at the weekend. Moving uh, to Alexandre Lacazette, who also joined training yesterday. Uh, despite the fact that I've said I wouldn't personally play him myself, uh, he tested positive, of course, over the weekend, despite Mikel Arteta saying that it was personal reasons keeping him out. And then it was confirmed that he did test positive before the Southampton game. He has returned to training, could be involved tonight against Chelsea. Not sure it's the right game, really, for Lacazette anyway. I think that we should be looking to try and add something in terms of a counter-attack. So let's wait and see what happens with this. But I doubt... Um, I, I doubt that it's the right move to play him in this game. I feel he'll just end up being isolated. And when we try and hit on the counter, he just won't have the, the dynamism and the acceleration to, to really hurt Chelsea when we need him to. Now, William Saliba uh, is being linked to Atletico Madrid. Atletico Madrid are saying that they would be interested in taking Saliba from Arsenal in the summer. They're monitoring his situation and tracking it. Uh, it makes sense. They've got some aging centre-backs in Savic and Felipe, and they'll be looking to replace them. Jimenez is not getting any younger either. Saliba will be on the minds of plenty of top European clubs this summer. If Arsenal do not intend to keep hold of him and he wishes to move on and Marseille are unable to fulfil the financial demands of the club, you can imagine that plenty of teams will be willing to offer what they want to get rid of Saliba. I hope this doesn't happen. I hope we integrate him into the squad next season. I really hope that he can push forwards um so let's see what happens with that one but atleti are now officially a registered interested party in our young french defender and our final uh penultimate story actually is that serge gnabry's contract talks with bayern have hit another roadblock uh he's bayern are just simply not willing to offer gnabry what he is demanding they've already hooked up uh, Kingsley Coman to a new massive bumper deal and they don't seem to be doing that with Gnabry they've also got a complete talks with Robert Lewandowski uh, those talks are still ongoing but the talks with Serge Gnabry are said to be not particularly healthy still and does open up an opportunity for clubs to come in and sign him in the summer for a reduced figure with just a year I think remaining on his contract come June Arsenal in my view should absolutely be going for it Absolutely good going for Serge Gnabry, if feasibly possible. And our final transfer story is continuing confirmation that Arsenal are very much interested in Cody Gakpo and will be looking to sign him in the summer. A report came out from Freddie Paxton who said that Arsenal have genuine interest in Cody Gakpo, 22-year-old. PSV captain certainly fits in with the profile of player Arteta has tended to go for in the market. With Arsenal set to lose a number of forwards this summer, this could definitely be one to watch. I, for one, hope that he is a person that we are after. I did see a lot of short-sighted criticism of him saying he didn't really impress during the games against Leicester in the Conference League. I mean, I'll never get tired of seeing people make a judgment of a player across one or two games. It's, it's never tiring to see how amusing that kind of judgment is. But uh, Gakpo is a rapid uh, wide player, great finisher, great creator. Uh, 17, I think, goals now this season. 16-plus assists as well across all competitions. That's over 30 goal contributions he's made for PSV. He scored the winning goal in the Dutch Cup over Ajax, which I then saw people even criticising that goal. Wow, there's some gradually fast-forward-flowing agendas being created around Gakpo, it seems. Um, but uh, very, very interesting player. Really, really uh, enjoying what I've seen of him this season and hope 
that we can get him across the line in the summer. And lastly, because there's no preview show, because of unfortunate timings, uh, I thought I'd give you my predicted, not predicted, but my desired lineup for the game tonight against Chelsea. I would go to the back three. I've said this a number of times. I think we need to bring back that kind of strong foundation uh, for tonight's game. Holding comes in, White and Gabriel either side, Tavares and Cedric in the wing-back positions, Xhaka and Lokonga in the middle. I was tempted to bring Elneny in for this game. Uh, really was tempted to bring Elneny in for Lokonga. Um, decided not to in the end because I just think that Lokonga might add a little bit more progression from the midfield. Saka, Martinelli, Smith-Rowe. You'll notice there's no Erdegaards in this team. Not because I don't think he's good enough. I just think we need a little bit more solidity. I was tempted to maybe put Saka on the left, Erdegaard on the right, and I could very much have done that. It's I just I just couldn't quite do it. Um, I just thought in this game, you know what, Odegaard comes straight back in for the game against Man United. I want to be compact. I want to be attacking on the counter, and I'm not sure that Odegaard would give us what we need on the counter. I'd rather have speed, which you get from Saka and Smith Rowe and Tavares, rather than getting Odegaard in there. And I'd rather have more of a solid base with Xhaka and Lukonga. But again, could have ever been El Nenny as well. But obviously, the question is going to be what? No Odegaard? Why not? Well, that's the reasons why. I just want solidity. I just want us to push forward. Who's my captain is a really, really good question, actually, considering that there's a lot of players. Um, you're not going to pick Xhaka, of course. I think I would maybe, I think Holding would probably grab the captain's armband if this was the team, to be honest, because he's, beside Xhaka, the most experienced player on the field. So Holding would probably grab the captain's armband um, in this game. If not, it would either be White or Ramsdale that got it. Um, but it would probably be holding in this team as well. I know that I could have put Saka at right wing back uh, and Erdegaard on the right wing, but I want a right footer. Uh, I want a right footer on the right in Cedric, and I want a left footer on the left in Tavares. And then you've got the alternating uh, players in the wide areas. So there you go. Um, that's my team. Uh, I'm sure that you've got lots of critiques of it and your own ones that you would have picked, but that's what I have certainly gone for today. But let's go into the questions in the chat box now and finish off today's show with the second section as always. You know, I think that button's broken at this point because I keep pressing it and it just doesn't end early enough. I'm going to have to take a look at that. Maybe a DE install. E D install? Uninstall. That's the word. Um, and then reinstall it and see if that fixes the problem because it's taken way too long to finish and I don't get why. Um, Freddie says, Gabriel's hairline is a myth. Hey, look, I think what he's done with his hairline is absolutely fantastic. Fair play to the guy. And I'm saying that because one day this... This might need to be attacked. <laughs> so I've got nothing but respect uh, for the likes of Rob Holding and Gabrielle. Fair play to them. What's wrong with uh, people improving their self-esteem with that? No Sleep says, seeing we are linked with Gabriel Jesus, this would make sense as he's accustomed to the style of play Arteta wants and has a year left on his contract. Easy link to make, I guess. It is an easy link to make, but I would be open. I think he would need to come in as one of two very strong forward options for us. But I would be open to Gabriel Jesus. I don't think... To, to dismiss that idea very quickly would I think would be a little naive because I think he certainly brings a lot of quality and experience from a Premier League level too uh, but he would have to come in alongside another forwards uh, to help that kind of position as well uh, Axel says understand the Odegaard argument the one question for me is his excellent pressing intensity always sets a good example could fit him into the counter attacking team myself but yeah as I say there's different choices to make. I've only gone with what I've gone for because I think it would give us the better foundation 
Um, I think you could move Saka to a right wing back slot and put Erdegaard in there, but then you lose that right footed naturalness on the right hand side. Naturalness, it's not a word. Prince says, do you think Liverpool have stole a march on us by buying Fabio Cavallio from Fulham? He's an absolute baller. I mean, he's the type of player that you would see Liverpool going for. They know that they've got these ageing players in Firmino and Sa- uh, Sane, Mane and Salah. Of course, they've already brought in Luis Diaz and Diego Jota the year before. Now it makes sense to bring in another young forward to kind of you know develop into a potential replacement, Fabio Cavallio. Uh, fills that role. It was never a player that we were seemingly going for. Have we missed that one? Maybe so. Uh, James says, not really a question, but did you watch the Liverpool game? That's what I want from us. The stadium love Klopp, love the team and love them. I miss that feeling. We've had that feeling this season. We've had multiple times at the Emirates this year where we really did get behind the side. I think back to the Manchester City game that we lost the feeling in the crowd at full time was unreal. The Liverpool game that we lost, the feeling in the crowd throughout that game was so strong. The atmosphere was electric and I was there for that. And it really, you really felt like they were back in this team to the hill because they believed that they could come out with something because we'd shown things in those games. The last three games have absolutely um, just undermined all of that success, all of that assuredness that we'd got from the fan base with the group of players. And that's a real shame. Hopefully, when we come back to the Emirates on Saturday for the Man United game, we again see that connection. You can't doubt the support of the Arsenal fan base. They've been brilliant this season. Um, Bulgarian Guna says, assuming we get what we need in the summer, how confident are you that we will eventually reach our end goal with Arteta challenging for a league title? How confident I am is still not confident because I've not seen Arsenal do that for a very, very long time, even under other coaches. It's impossible to know. It's impossible for me to be confident about that because I don't know what Arteta yet is capable of when he's got a squad that's competable. At the moment, we just don't have that. And that partly comes down to Arteta and the lack of like ruthlessness in the January market. I was having a few discussions on Twitter last night about this. It was a mistake to not sign players in the January window. And I'm frankly coming out and saying that, you know, there's not, there wasn't the opportunities or we don't know what happened or maybe we weren't able to get players or maybe there wasn't anyone available. No, that's not good enough. I'm sorry, but I hold the expectations of this club to a higher level and I expect them to go out and take the opportunities that are there and create opportunities for themselves because that separates the great teams from teams that are a little bit too cautious and end up costing themselves like Arsenal have done this very season uh freddie says tom would you take Gabriel jesus from city if he leaves in the summer assuming holland comes in i would but as i say alongside another striker that's a lot more of an akin to a number nine than jesus is but his versatility would be very welcome to the side uh bradley says i don't think we can expect the usual stereotypical non-committal answer from our strikers we allow them to express themselves and i like that they can be themselves as much as it hurts i get that brads i really do but for me I want them fully focused on Arsenal. Call me selfish, call me naive, call me ignorant of that. I don't care. But I just want them focused on Arsenal. And if they're not, and to be honest, it's our own fault for putting our two strikers in that position where we're relying on two number nines that have less than two months on their deals at the club to take us into the Champions League. That's on us. I can't be fully annoyed at them for what they're talking about. It's not surprising to see them talk about those answers at all. It's not surprising. I'm critical of it because I want them fully focused on Arsenal. But it's not its not their fault that they're in that position. That's on Arsenal. And it's Arsenal's fault we've put ourselves into that position. And that is a 
a genuine criticism. Aya says, we lost our best striker in a, in a Bamiyang, yet we still managed to string some good performances. We lose one midfielder in Partey and we lose three. Yet there's barely any talk of us getting midfielders. How? Midfielders, I know, Ayath, I know you're very passionate about this idea of getting midfielders. Midfielder is absolutely on the agenda this summer, without a shadow of a doubt. I mean, that's the understanding that I have. The midfielder, along with the forwards, is a very, very strong um, want of Mikel Arteta this summer. Uh, it's not as strong of a need as the striker position. I mean, how you can look at Arsenal having Partey and Xhaka and Lekonga and have players coming through and just Balogun and say that the midfield is more of a priority. I think it's madness because obviously we need to sign some strikers over the fact that we've already got three starting senior midfielders and then players coming through. We don't have that at striker. Uh, Ojo, nice to see you up, mate. Shame you couldn't be available for the pod today. How much of an influence do Amazon have in our team selection? Why else did we have Eddie instead of Martinelli up top? Negativity sells. I think that Arteta was always going to play in Ketty. I don't think it's anything to do with the Amazon documentary. I think that... He's always put faith in Eddie when Alaka's not been available. He's put Eddie into the team several times. We've done it against Southampton exactly in the past. He's played Eddie when there's been no one else available. Eddie would have started against Brentford had he been available on the first day of the season. It wasn't surprising to see Eddie play to me, and it wasn't something to do with uh, an outside influence either. Jay says, we must stop buying players with re- uh, receding hairlines. Aubameyang holding Gabriel. I think it puts them off their game as they're constantly worried about it on the pitch. <laughs> David says, got a horrible feeling that Chelsea's going to want to show their credentials with a big win. On the other hand, Arsenal could pull one out and surprise everyone. We'll go through some of your prediction score lines in a second. Don't get them into the chat box yet. I'm going to go through questions and I'll prompt you with those pr- uh, predicted lineups. But I have a feeling that, I mean, I predicted a one new Arsenal win because I'm an absolute optimist always. And, you know, we've got a decent result. We've got a decent history in the, in the last couple of years at Stamford Bridge. Why not consider us able to go and nick something? It would be very Arsenal to lose to Southampton, Brighton and Crystal Palace and then beat Chelsea. It would be so, so Arsenal for us to do that. Let's see what happens. Ian says, how happy were you to see Tommy Asu at least to be in contention and in training? Mine, I've missed him in defence. Our right-hand side looks so much more in control. I can't put into words, Ian, how much we've missed Tommy Asu. Just that balance. When he left the team, Tini was able to, a certain extent, fulfil that dis- disciplined role where Cedric then came in. But lose, Ced- lose uh, Tini and all of a sudden you are utterly unbalanced because you let Callum Chambers go. And letting Callum Chambers go really made us vulnerable without having one of the more disciplined fullback style players in the squad. Uh, Cole says, would you go for Mitrovic from Fulham? 40 goals this season, although in the championship. No, I think we've probably learned our lesson with some of the players that have come up from the championship this season. Not necessarily flourished. I mean, Buendia has not necessarily taken Aston Villa to that next level. Uh, Ollie Watkins has not necessarily kicked on either. Ivan Tony has had his own issues, but I think he's coming good now. And I would be more open about Ivan Tony after seeing him in the Premier League. But Mitrovic, he scored a hell of a lot of goals in the championship for the dominant championship team. I don't think I would take the risk. Perhaps someone else will. Let's wait and see. Chief Nkosi says, uh, do you think challenge, uh, changing the system is the way to go for Chelsea. Why shouldn't Arteta trust the system and just fill backups in the positions of injured players with the system that served well? Um, because you need to adapt to your opposition. And we went to Stamford Bridge last year and adapted the system and went to a back three and got a result, got a 1-0 victory there. Why not? If it's not broken, don't fix it. 
And I don't think that what we did last time should be changed. I think we should go in with the same style. I think we should approach the last seven games like we approached our FA Cup run in 2020. Switch it, give us control, give us formation, give us structure and just take each game as it comes. And I would go to the back three for tonight without a shadow of a doubt. Olu says, is getting into the top four at all costs overrated? Spurs and United have achieved no more than us in the last few years, despite having Champions League. Focus rebuild greater than panic buys. The thing is, I actually have quite a lot of confidence in when we do go out and sign players at the moment, that they're going to be the right ones. So I don't think it's overrated being in the Champions League because I feel like if we get into the Champions League, I'm intrigued to see what this recruitment team that have turned, in my view, a corner and the way in which we look at players and see what they would be capable of doing. We've also been outside the Champions League a hell of a lot longer than both of those two teams. The financial implications on the team are important to consider their long-term impacts if you're unable to get back into it. And you've got to be in it to win it, most of all. We've seen teams like Spurs get to a final, RB Leipzig and Ajax get to the semi-finals. You know, this is a situation where Villarreal this season get to a semi-final. It's not just... You know, it's not just these huge hyper clubs that have chances of winning this competition. And Arsenal have notoriously been good in cup competitions, not necessarily in Europe, sure. But I would like to see us back in the Champions League. It gives us a chance to win it. People talk about we've got no chance, there's no point in being in it, but you've got to be in it to win it. I think it's really sad when people talk about there's no point being in it. I think it's really sad because it's a competition we've not won. It's a competition that brings so much joy and excitement and history with it. And people say, would you rather win the Europa League or get knocked out in the last 16 of the Champions League? Obviously, you'd rather win the Europa League because one, it qualifies you again for the Champions League and you win a trophy. But the the analogy doesn't work because it's not about being guaranteed to be knocked out in the last 16 or whatever. There's always a chance that you can go further. And I would rather gamble being in the Champions League and going as far as possible than going on a Europa League victory run any day of the week. Uh, Savic says, with Tierney getting a few injuries and Tavares not fitting into Arteta's profile fully, how do we proceed? New signing, Tavares loan or training? I think coaching is the way forwards. I do think, though, there is something to be said about if, say, we were offered a significant fee for Tierney, there would be a discussion to be had. If you're looking at 50 million plus on Tierney and you consider the amount of games that he's missed and you can go and get a, a defender or a left back that can give you as much as you want. And you have to remember that Tierney isn't a left-back that was brought in by Arteta. Not that doesn't mean anything in particular, but it would enable Arteta to choose, again, another position of his own desirable nature. So perhaps that's an area that we could look at. Um, Aditya says, would you like to see Charlie Patino go out on loan? I would like to see him go out on loan because I don't think he's going to be given too many opportunities. But there's been no indication that that will happen. Patino was very much looked at like the Sackers and the Smith Rose of this world. Less so Smith Rose, because of course he did go on loan a couple of times. Definitely more so Saka, um, that he would kind of, you know, develop into the first team. But let's see. Uh, James says, WTF was that formation United played last night. It was insane. Um, really odd seeing two right footers in the wing back positions when Alex Tellez was available. Phil Jones coming back into the team. Really, really weird. Really, really weird. Um, let's go to Billy. He says, if Schick is available for the same price as Darwin, who would you pick? Great question. I think I would choose Patrick Schick if he was available. I've just got this thing about adding another 22-year-old striker to a team full of 22 and unders, or 23 and 24s and unders. Having a 26-year-old forward in the team, I just think there's something about that that adds a little bit of leadership and guidance and someone that stands out amongst the group and balances the side a bit more. 
having Schick, who's, who's been to plenty of clubs, plenty of leagues, had varying levels of success, but is a late bloomer, I feel, in his career, I'd probably lean towards Schick, personally, over the two. Um, if you said we could get both, though, amazing. I don't think that'll happen, because they both cost silly amounts of money to get them, but I would, lo- I would lean towards Schick, um, and I think characteristically, he would make more sense, because he's more refined, his touch is better, um, his, finish, his clinical finishing, I think, is, is higher than that of Nunez's right now. And he adds more of the characteristics in a striker position that we need than, than, uh, than Nunez does, who would be a risk also coming from a less competitive league than the Bundesliga as well. Um, Weedy says, given Gnabry is valued at 70 million and Jesus only 40 million, not sure what football university you went to, <laughs> Mr. Tibbs. Uh, Gnabry wouldn't go for 70 million pounds. He would go for significantly less than that because of his contract situation. And he may force a move as well, which would help. And Bayern Munich have notoriously not really sold players for huge amounts of money. So... I'm not sure that necessarily that they would get that amount of money for Canabry. Billy says, I agree. Only worry is the first breakthrough season for Schick, but I watch him multiple times. He is absolutely in clinical in front of goal. Um, Deep 11 says, are you surprised no team is actually linked to Schick? Uh, there are teams linked to Schick. Newcastle have been linked. Arsenal were linked by 90 min, although I do doubt that <laughs> quite a bit. Um, it's, it's, it's weird that we've not been linked to him directly. Uh, with more kind of established sources obviously as soon as we hear anything we'll we'll let you know but we've heard nothing on our end from a football under perspective so I don't think it's one that we are looking to pursue um, maybe it's the way that Bayer Leverkusen have, have voiced their retort to the idea of selling him they don't want to sell him the CEO of Bayer Leverkusen have already come out and said they don't want to sell him but we'll wait and see and yes, Deep 11, Newcastle are linked to everybody. <laughs> That's not surprising at all. Um, we're going to wrap things up there. This won't be the only show of the day. Secondly, you've got a show at 10 a.m. Get your predictions in there now, though. Do get your score lines into the chat box for tonight's game. I'm going to read out a few of them before we wrap up. Score predictions, please, into the chat box. Um, but there'll be another show uh, at 10 a.m. on the Arsenal way. So make sure that you get that. Joining us in the chat box, as always, link in the description as per. And then tonight on The Whistle, uh, there will be another show uh, looking back at that game against Chelsea tonight. And fingers crossed we can come home with a massive, massive result. Uh, Let's go through some of your predictions then in the chat box. Uh, Safik says it's at the bridge. Uh, 2-1 Chelsea uh, Bulgarian says 3-1 loss sorry uh, Xhaka my captain says 3-0 to Chelsea uh, AFC West Mids 1-0 Arsenal love that Gustavo says 3-1 uh, to Chelsea Schrodinger's Catflap says 3 or 4-0 to Chelsea Tulip going for a 2-2 Gabriel Brace love that or a Gabby Martinelli Brace rather Prince going for a 1-1 fingers crossed Redknapp going for a 4-0 Chelsea Martin going 3-0 Chelsea Seb going 2-0 Chelsea Billy going 1-1 Terence going for a 2-0 or 3-0. Lukaku, Werner, Havertz on the score sheet. Marcus saying 3-1 to Chelsea. Tommy on the bench and Partey off his bike for the weekend. Yeah, it was great seeing Partey really trying to get back fit. I doubt he'll make it for the last games of the season. Fingers crossed. Who knows? We'll wait and see. Amandeep says 6-0 Arsenal. Gabby and Saka, hat-tricks. Boss Bula says 3-1 Arsenal. Jerome says 3-0 Chelsea. GGTV says uh, 1-0 to the Arsenal. And uh, there you go. Uh, I am going to go for 1-0 Arsenal, being the optimistic person that I always am. 
Enjoy the rest of your uh, Wednesday, isn't it? I'm losing track of days at this point. Have a fantastic day. I'll see you after the game and at 10am on the Arsenal way. And as always, up the Arsenal. It's the 90 plus minute. All your mates around and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.